This is Calvin, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We have a guest today, and uh, he's going to be giving us some information on what it is that he does. And I'm sure you're going to be very interested in what that is. Hold on just one moment. Wadad, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. What I want to do first, Wadada, is to um, give you a, a, what we put on the website, on the radio website yesterday, so that you uh-huh. have an idea of what it is that we already said about you. <laughs> so oh, here okay. we go. <laughs> All right. On Wednesday, March 11, 2015, from 4 o'clock to 4.30 p.m., KUCI's Black Talk Radio Show presents Wadada, formerly known, not formerly known, but also known as Ishmael Wadada Leo Smith, who is an acclaimed trumpeter and composer recognized primarily for his work in the fields of avant-garde jazz and free improvisation. In 1967, he became a member of the renowned AACM, which is the Association for the Advancement of Creative Musicians, and within a few years, had co-founded the Creative Construction Company, a trio with Leroy Jenkins and Anthony Braxton. He had formed another band, the Dalta Acre, with members including Henry Threadgill, Anthony Davis, and Oliver Lake, and in 1971, had formed his own label, Cabell. So uh, that is what we so far have said about you, man. Why don't you give us an idea of how you got started in this field of, of, of music? Well, first, uh, I'd like to just clear a few terms up. Uh, one of the things is, is that I don't really uh, call my music or American music uh, uh, having God. Okay. And, and the reason we don't do that because our music is always new and it's never old. Okay. And um, uh, I, I, uh, Henry Threadgill and I made a group in Chicago, but in that uh, New Delphi Acre, Henry was never in that group. Okay. Oh. Okay. And uh, let's see. I didn't. I never studied. Uh, uh, I studied anthropological studies, but not for anthropological reasons. Okay. I studied them to find out exactly what other kinds of music was doing, without the idea of of colonization that actually uh, took place through a lot of the minimalist music musicians that, that went to Africa and Asia and, and South America to study. So that, those qualifications I just have to make because uh, people often use the same uh, definition for what we're doing, and I, I just like to clear it up. But essentially, I started out a composer when I was 12 years old, and uh, the first piece was for three trumpets, and I immediately got it played uh, the day the day after I finished it, I got it played by uh, two other trumpet players in my school. Guys, two guys named one. One his name is Sammy T. Scott, and the other one was uh, Cleo Holland. And um, from there, at the age of thirteen, I started playing in blues bands throughout Mississippi and Arkansas and Louisiana. And that was a five night occasion. At the same time, attending school. And it goes on from there through other kinds of blues bands into the military band, the military school of music, and straight on out of there into the AECM, uh, the Association for the Advancement of Creative Musicians in Chicago, yet maintaining my roots to this blues music by uh, often playing and sometimes touring with Lil Milton Campbell, who was also from the South and from the town that I lived in. Okay. 
Um, wow, man, I, I apologize for that. But what, what I try to do is try to get information uh, about the person that I'm interviewing. And this was a, a source of information for me. Uh, I know it. People put it up wrong. That's, right. That's, that's why I always talk about it. Because exactly. We, I'm, and I really appreciate that because we want to know the real you and what you really did. You know what I mean? And that's so yeah, important yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, I, I had a, a Brother Threadgill on here last week. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and and it's amazing to me because you guys, well, being both from from the AACM, you guys talk uh, similar in the aspect of what it is that you do, and seemingly not wanting to be put into a box or a category as to what that is. And so, why don't you give us an idea? Because I had this, you know, I I talked to Nicole Mitchell <laughs> before interviewing you, and uh, she was talking about free improvisation, and she said she doesn't list herself as a free improviser because a lot of times the the people that 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 bring her on you know don't want to really pay that much you know and so she's looking at it being free rather than you know uh, uh and uh something that she's going to earn some money with so in terms of free improvisation what do you see that as and do uh do you participate in it uh no i do not i i, I participate in what's called music okay and music only okay and uh all through uh, my life and also the history of, of African Americans on this planet, uh, people have always defined what we did, and, and we as a collective have nearly always uh, accepted those uh, definitions. Right. I happen to know for a fact that Duke Ellison and Fletcher Henderson and a few other of the early guys, uh, right around the, uh, the 30th, uh, started calling their music uh, creative music. Okay. In fact, Baby Dodd who were before them in 1923, 24, 25, uh, defined what he was doing as creative music. And he also said something very important. He said that this music is, is creative and is not necessarily for everybody, but it was made for everybody. Okay, okay. So, so, so music is the, is the um, ram in which we look at, because when you go to these schools, all the academic institutions, they frame us off in jazz or uh-huh. world music or African music or whatever. And what ends up happening is that's a form of imprisonment that, that allows uh, other people to control your imagery of what you're doing and who you are. And also economically, it affects you. Uh, the term free improvisation you know, everybody thinks that it started in Europe. Actually, it started here in America. Okay. And it was done with um, a different kind of finesse. For mm. example, uh, Leonard Tristino and um, uh, 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 Charlie Mingus and several, uh, uh, what's the tougher player's name? Uh, not Freddie Teapot, but the, the young boy, um, uh, he's mixed with Cuban uh, uh, influence. Uh, what mm. was his name? Anyway, anyway, um, he played with those guys in that time zone. Uh-huh. Uh, he was born in California, too. I can't think of his name now. Anyway, okay. these guys started looking at how do you open up the tonal relationship to stuff, and they began to do stuff that was, that was not uh, planned and programmed. Mm-hmm. Okay? The first piece of that whole genre come, comes out in the 50s, in the uh, late 50s, and it's called intuition. Ah, okay? okay, okay. And so if you go back and you check all these things out, you can see that that even though they were doing it very, 
loose and what people call free, quote free, mm-hmm. that music still had the song form structure on it. Okay. That is, that is the ABA form to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to free improvisation from other parts of the world, it doesn't have that on it and probably should not have that on it. But the idea of, of the notion of freedom, when you look at it and you calculate it, and all you have to do is calculate it by two or three uh, emphasis or events, mm-hmm. and you begin to see a pattern on it. Okay. And that pattern is, is, is what, what we call order. Right, and that sense right. of order is innate to the human character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you see, mm-hmm. so 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 you could at at that point ask the question, how free? What free? Okay. Who's free? Okay, you see, right. So right. so I, I I think about music. Um, I I I don't see a difference between uh, much of what's done in all these other cultures around the world mm-hmm. where they have their advanced levels of music. I don't see much difference between the two, except that that language separates us. Okay. I don't mean spoken language, I mean right. music language. Okay. Like, like, the, like the language of the AECM, which has, has a lot of uh, a notion about different ways to think about organizing music, that language is very different from that language that they call free improvisation of which the Europeans has um, characterized as their music. Okay, okay. So, th- so they're saying that it's a form of music, and but but actually, it's it's. I mean, a lot of times, like you, like you, for instance, a lot of people from the AACM that came out of the AACM, creativity is your own. You know, it's an individual type of thing as opposed to fitting into a specific box that somebody else has created and so what i'm hearing basically is that free improv is something that's a a, like a label and what you do you don't do free improv you just do music period and it's your music and the the ultimate glue that packs it all together Uh and gives it its own authenticity okay here's that notion that you just spoke of creativity Mm -hmm. of creativeness right you say Because that's the only judge you can judge. Uh-huh, For example, uh-huh. that's the only way you can judge music is whether it's creative or not. When you label stuff as improvisation and as composition, those two terms don't speak to nobody. Okay. Okay. Uh, but what does speak to somebody is how well they have organized that material of which they have defined as being conditioned by that. Okay. 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 Now, now, when you you uh you you are you're a trumpeter, and of course that I mean you would look at people that 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 played that same instrument, I'm sure, to gain some insight into what it is that that they do and their technique and that kind of thing. Uh, not necessarily to copy it, but just to get an idea of those types of things. Like myself, I you know I consider myself a writer, and and so I need to read a lot of books by different authors just so I can get a sense of what you know uh, different styles of writing that kind of thing. And I'm understanding that you took uh, a period in Miles Davis's life, you know, and, and I think it was kind of like an electronic kind of thing. And you created some stuff, you know, not 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 his stuff, but your own stuff. What was that like for you? And how did you how did you go about doing that? Well, uh, this guitar player named Henry Kaiser uh, came to a solo concert of mine once. And he asked me if I was interested in uh, putting together a band where we would co-lead it. Okay. And he said, uh, you know, let's think about doing the Yo Miles music, you know. Okay. That is, not Yo Miles, but the Miles music. 
mm-hmm. electric music. And okay. so he said, you know, think about it, and, you know, if you want to do it, get back to me, and let's try to do it. And I told him then, yeah, let's do it. And okay. so what we did, we listened to, or rather we made a collection of pieces that we wanted to record, uh-huh. okay? And uh, of those collected of pieces, we wanted to show that the electric music of Miles Davis, which is the most, uh, which, which received the most adverse criticism yeah, and hatred, right. uh, uh, hatredness in those critical analysis that people throw in this music. We want to take that music and re-expose it to a new audience uh-huh. and also show that this music is, is, is uh, eternal and universal mm-hmm. and that whatever generation that plays it, if they do it with any kind of sincerity, they're going to come up with something fresh, yet and still, it would still be Miles Electric Music from the 60s. I got you. And 70s, you, you see. Right. So that was our experimentation, was to employ those same melodies, but try to understand them in a contemporary time uh-huh, uh-huh. and use uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of improvisation inside of it. Right. A lot of structure inside of it. Right. And what we came up with was a very good mix. I, I truly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It reached live. It reached a lot of people uh, in, in the Bay Area only because we, we never played outside the Bay Area. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. Uh, but, but it reached a lot of people and the CD sold very well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now the the name of the CD was Yo Miles, I think. That was the name of the band. The Yo name Miles. of the band was Yo Miles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, there, there are two. There are three double CDs uh-huh. and and two uh, online release CDs. A uh, one online release CD. Okay. Where 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 would, could somebody access that that CD? Uh, I would get in touch with Henry and see if he has copies. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. And then I'll I'll get back to you through. Your te- I have your telephone. I go okay. back and see if I can get it for you. Oh, that would be great. And, and be great. he may be able to send you digital files. I okay. Just, I would have to ask him and see. You know? Okay. Okay. That, mm-hmm. that that that'd be great. Now, so in the in the in, I mean that that's something um, without it because of the fact that you say that it wasn't liked, and so you guys took something on, man, that was uh, very risky to say the least. You know, taking your time to produce this stuff and to, and to, you know to put it out and that kind of thing. What 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 is that 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 drive inside that makes you say you know this is this is it and 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 people are going to hear it and I'm, at least I'm going to give them access to it because they didn't do right by it when it first came out what what drives you to do things of that nature well because when you understand how how valuable something is uh-huh. you don't want people to forget it okay. that's the first thing and then secondly uh, and when I say people to forget it, I mean people who actually went through that time zone. We wanted them to revisit what it was that they were rejecting. Uh-huh. Okay, and but also we want the younger generation to understand how to think about this music and how to understand how to play it. Okay, in their, I got in you. their own I got you. time zone, in uh-huh. their own contemporary time zone. Okay, okay, you know, right, and the, the liberty that we took with it. It, there were, there, there's room for other kinds of ideas of liberty to take with it. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. they don't have to do it like we did. All they have to do is use, take those melodies and find out ways of how to incorporate them in different kind of ways. I got you. You know, I the unique you. thing about Miles Davis that, that sets the key, it's that, that is the keynote for how you do his music, mm-hmm. okay, is this. He would take the same bass line and record 
something new over top of it, which was all done spontaneously, by the way. Okay. Sometimes written, sometimes spontaneously. Mm-hmm. And he would he would rename the piece. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And, yeah, and and that wasn't that wasn't a cheap way of doing it. That uh-huh. was a, that was how he understood his language. I got you. Is that his language you. generated more than one notion about what those bass lines were? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, see, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. because normally we have fixed that. Okay, this bass line comes out of night in Tunisia, and therefore it's night in Tunisia. I got you. Well, you can change it. Okay. Not the baseline, okay. but you can change what you add over. Right, right, right. That's amazing, man. Wow. He was a brilliant man. He yeah. wasn't. He was not um, uh, an ordinary journeyman. Uh-huh. He, that uh-huh. man was a was an extraordinary, uh, 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 spiritually enlightened person that made art just like it should be made right. without any compromise on his part. Or people around him. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Wow. And and that and that's some information I hope all our listeners are taking into consideration because it's not just in music, but it's in life. Period. You know, it's, it's always it's constantly, exactly. constantly growing and changing and and trying to relate some things about yourself and and how you feel to the to the rest of the people on this planet that we share. And I think that is so so important. Listen, I you know I I, I left my notes at home, man. But it was a it was a compositional process that you invented. I think. Think uh, Accra. Well, well it, it, I can tell you what it is. It's a, it's a music language called Akrasmation. Yeah, okay, okay. It, tell us that, a little that, bit about that. That's spelled A N K H R A S M A T I O I O N. Okay. Rasmation. So okay. It's got, it's got that breakdown on it. Okay. And what it is, it's a symbolic language for for musicians, uh-huh. creative musicians, contemporary musicians, musicians from the past. That is like three thousand years ago, or musicians from the future, five hundred thousand years ahead. Okay, okay. Right. And what what it is? It, it's a it's a it's a it's it's not a a note by note uh, language. It's a, it's a kind of a language that has shapes and structures inside of it that that determines some some information about it. Okay. It has color, which also adds to information. It has levels of of. Um, way in which you approach it, like, for example, you approach it historically, you can approach it biologically, you can approach it mathematically, you can, pro- you can approach it uh, inspirationally. It has a lot of dimensions on it, you know, okay. and I can give you one example mm-hmm. which may help clear, make it a little bit clear. For example, if you, if you have a color that's, that's lemon color, that is a kind of a yellow that's got some light in it, you know, okay. that's how the lemon looks. Uh-huh. And you can you know the shape of a lemon? It is somewhat round and oblong, right? Right. Okay. And then at both ends, there's kind of a little bit of roundness, but it's, it's, it has a point on it. And mm-hmm. the one, the bottom end, the point is set there from a stem. Okay. okay? Uh, now, now, so, so, so I'm referencing now this color yellow in this Akrasmation score as as a lemon color. So that tells me now that I ha- I have to take and understand all the characteristics or a majority of the characteristics of the lemon before I can even start to play that that lemon color. I got you. you I see? got you. And right. one of the characteristics is, is that the lemon skin is kind of bumpy. It's uh-huh. not smooth. Secondly, it's not a thick skin. Third, it's got a pop kind of a skin up under it. Mm-hmm. Fourth, it's got it's got a middle section that has seeds. And there's a there's a there's a there's a tone that runs from top to bottom 
that's also got material inside of it. Wow. You see? Wow. And so you can take all of those five or six components of, of, of just a descriptive quality of the lemon and imply those and convert them into musical properties. Wow. But there are other elements too, like how does it, what, what's the quality of its, its, its taste, its taught, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. see? Mm-hmm. And then many other ways you can take that uh, idea and expand it from point to point to point to point. Man, man. So, so it's a complex language for, for, for creative musicians. Wow, that 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 that's something, man. Because what what I'm hearing, and, and I've been hearing since we started this conversation, is uh, your uh, connection to 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 nature. You know, your connection to to the world we live in, and and how you can take a lemon <laughs> and, and make a con- a musical concept out of a lemon, and 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 bring the two together. That's that's amazing. But it also speaks to you know, and I'm sure that you've experienced this as well, man. If when you when 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 you hear your music, you can hear. Uh, uh, other beings and 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 animals and and birds and 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 things of that nature and understand that connection. You know what I mean. And then you can connect yeah, that's, what that's you hear from our, the universe with others. Uh-huh. Okay, that's because of our own experience. For example, like like uh, if you eat a, a blueberry pie or a blackberry pie, okay, and if that blackberry pie is so satisfying immediately it, it it triggers other associations of blackberry pie. I got you. I got you. you right. So right. so that's what happens when whatever whatever one hears inside of music, uh-huh. that that something has been triggered by their own reflection and right. that and it's an authentic uh relationship to the music and therefore that person is experiencing that memory in an associated band of um, ideas. Wow. Which is fine. Yeah, you know? yeah, uh, yeah. Because uh, essentially, music is a quality that allows the human being to reflect. Uh-huh. And in that, in that reflection, many of our brothers and sisters all over the planet are able to see and solve many problems in their life. Right, right. You know, uh, uh, I'm 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 totally impressed with you, man. I know uh, a lot of people are totally impressed with you because of the fact that you were one of the three finalists for the 2013 Pulitzer Prize for music, and yeah. uh, 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 that in and of itself, man, speaks volumes for what it is that you do. You know, and it was it was for a work, uh, uh, the Freedom, Freedom Summers, Summer. yeah, yeah, Freedom Summer, yes, yeah. yeah, and and um, for, I, I I from my understanding, you 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 feel that is one of your defining works for sure you know and i and i heard somebody say that they saw it as a spiritually inspired uh uh as being spiritually inspired by the ongoing african-american struggle for freedom and i know that you know by virtue of you being an african-american of course you're involved in that struggle uh whether you want to be or not you know sometimes we choose not to participate in it but some of us feel that is our duty to let out you know some of the things that we feel about that particular struggle and the fact that it's it's ongoing you know how does it's that ongoing yeah. and and if if people want to really truly understand it all they have to do is go back and read or listen to Barack Obama's speech at Selma okay okay it clearly articulates where it is and what it is that this stuff is about. And it also articulates the idea that that those ten freedoms, those ten summers that I looked at uh-huh. from the board from, from, from nineteen fifty four Brown versus Board of Education to the nineteen sixty four 
Civil Rights Act, the signing of that, it shows that 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 those documents that was that was institutionalized as part of the, the Constitution as as acts and and rights and stuff to to celebrate this uh, civil rights movement. Uh-huh. It's not over. Okay. It's not okay. over. And okay. I can tell you for a fact that it would never be over. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. It would never be over. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. because W not W B the boys, but uh Frederick Douglass said it quite clearly. He articulated the principle of continuous change and growth. Uh-huh. He said that you must always agitate for your rights now and forever. I'm wow. paraphrasing what he said, uh-huh, but that's uh-huh. exactly what he meant. Okay. So that means that, that the human being rights are never, ever a subtle issue. Right. It's something that you have to look at every day. Okay, okay. You see? Okay. And every day of your life, and then your grandkids and your grandkids and your grandkids will do that. Right, exactly. You see? Right. Because the person that denies you those rights their grandkids and their grandkids are the same ones that's going to continue to deny you your rights. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Listen, man, you 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 mentioned uh, Obama and and uh, um, uh, you know a couple W. Du Bois and and you, even though you didn't quote what they said, there's something that you said that I'm I'm man I'm really impressed with, and that was that. Uh, in contemporary society, the role of the artist is a vital element in the development of character and morality cultivated through musical performance or artistic and literary images. Mm-hmm. Because both the artist and the participants are transformed by artistic and symbolic language, the energy within these works enable us to evolve our humanity. That that yeah. there, man, the energy, the energy in your music being transmitted is going to enable others to, to 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 feel that energy to you know to to accept that energy and and that in turn will help us to evolve our humanity that's some that's some that's some stuff there man tell me a little bit how well, how, how you feel about that well essentially um uh that's an expression of 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 my care and love for humanity okay and that statement is but ultimately it's also a description of what i feel and what people on stage feel, and what people who are observing the event feel. Uh-huh. You see, uh, because however we look at it, art is just not a form of entertainment or pastime activity. Right, Art right. Is, a, is, a, is a serious uh, call for mm-hmm. the human being to tap into themselves Right. And enjoy the ride. Or Man. The of the ride. Wow. Because wow. outside yourself there's conflict that's high and low. Uh-huh. And 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 if you don't have a moment with yourself, a little moment with yourself, or even a fleeting moment with yourself, your outside living is gonna be virtually full of terror and torture wow wow you know you said a little something else man that 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 relates to that and that was that you should become more reflective and meditative regarding the higher self and endeavor to solve some of the hard problems that face our world in essence you're calling out to everybody to become more you know go more into self and then once you 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 have some realization about yourself yourself then you can share that with others in the process of resolving some of the problems that all of us are faced with that's exactly right the human being can actually become the absolute ultimate of being human by understanding themselves 
right. one by one. Man, man. Well, Donna, man, I, I I so appreciate you having you on the show, man. And I apologize for that first that first section because I, you know, because of the technical difficulties that we were experiencing. But we've definitely gained, man, so much from from just interacting with you. And 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 I definitely need to have you back on the show, man. So we can we can take this back. a little further. I want to come back. <laughs> yeah, Please yeah. invite me again. Oh man! And thank you, Kevin, for for asking this opportunity to speak to your audience. Oh no! And no I like problem. to say to the audience that. Whenever you find the opportunity to hear live music, no matter what kind of music you think it is or other people say it is, go and hear it because in the live context, you are revitalized every time. And wow. no matter what stage is on, whether it's in the stage of the church or the stage of the world or the stage of the hidden planes, go. Wow, wow. Well, Dada, all I can say behind that, man, is just keep being you and, and keep doing what you do, man. We need you. <laughs> well, look, care, I need right? you. All right. I need everybody out there that's listening. Okay. Because we ain't by ourselves. All right, all right. Thank Peace, you man. so much. Yep. Peace, Kevin. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, y'all, that was Ishmael Wadada Leo Smith. And, uh, man, I got so much out of that, and I hope you di guys did as well. And we're definitely going to have him back on the show at some time in the near future. Um, we're just going to take a, a little pause right here for the second half, and I want you guys to stay tuned because we're going to just go right into uh, the blog that I completed, and uh, we'll discuss that, as I said, in just a moment. Hold on. Calvin with my latest blog entitled Education Not Necessarily the Key to an Unlocked Door Now I've always heard that education is the key, but where's the memo that addresses who it is that's holding that proverbial door opener? We'd like to believe that our children are being adequately educated, but as regards the unsatisfactory condition of many of America's learning institutions, we are understandably apprehensive about submitting our future plans to our progeny's care. Not to worry, mind you, because our parents felt the same way about us, and we're doing okay. However, if there's something we can do to better facilitate student preparation for the next go-round, why not at least develop a platform for discussion? After all, we might find out that we have no choice but to answer in the affirmative when asked, are you holding the key? Our granddaughter Leah is almost two now and it's time to consider the options in regard to her academic prospects. In visiting a nearby preschool and talking with the owner, we learned that she was opposed to teaching children to read prior to their kindergarten enrollment because she felt it was a hindrance to learning how to contribute to the well-being of others. Social interaction from an altruistic respect is of utmost importance. But reading is something Nicole and I both hold dear 
and not forcing but allowing it is something we deem as critical. However, it was what she said next that substantially highlighted the seriousness of our task. This owner asserted that the schools in Long Beach were too focused on academic instruction and thereby stifled the receipt of a well-rounded education. Now the baby ain't even two, y'all, and already she, her parents, and grandparents are faced with the dilemma of dealing with the very first group of potential primary educators that don't agree on the mode of basic primary instruction. Now when it comes to junior high and high school, we all know that student hormones are escalating at that juncture in their lives and the likelihood of paying attention to the academic rather than social opportunities offered in those educational settings is greatly diminished. Later on down the line, a college environment can serve to enhance the chance for social interaction in a myriad of ways. And to paraphrase a college professor friend, if I don't capture their attention by the time those iPads and laptops are opened, then Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram will have diminished, if not nullified, any opportunity to beneficially interact with my college students. We've got to start early, y'all, and then stay on course. We as parents, administrators, and instructors are not always going to see eye to eye when it comes to academic instruction. So we must each do our part to ensure that those in our care will be afforded the best means for maximizing their academic intake. As parents, we can be honest with ourselves and allow our progeny to make meaningful choices without pushing them in the direction we fail to pursue or have decided that they should go in. As administrators, we can support students, parents, and instructors by accepting and at least considering each of their opinions. And as instructors, we can support the concept that it is not our charge so much to teach as to facilitate an opportunity for others to learn by simply being in our presence. You see, all knowledge already exists in the universe, and it's our assignment to show our young ones how to access what it is that they're looking for, how to develop it into something that will benefit others, and then how to implement what they've accessed into their everyday life experiences. From my perspective, love is the key to whatever it is we undertake. And that key, my friend, is in all of our hands. I'll holler. Okay. Um, I just want to let you guys know that this is Calvin and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. What you've done is access the Black Talk Radio Show and we're presenting you with social commentary from an African-American perspective. One thing I must let you know, though, is that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this program and others, please log on to KUCI.org. Okay, um, that blog um, was really... Uh, for me anyway was a you know was kind of like well th not the blog itself but what happened before the blog the radio uh interview that we had was a segue into that blog because uh education as far as i'm concerned is not necessarily about learning stuff but it's about how to take what it is that you learn and implement it into your life so that it can be of benefit to yourself and to others and uh the guy we were interviewed 
interviewing with Dada uh, spoke of that uh, in a lot of ways. And, 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 and basically what I gained from it is that, you know, whatever it is that we have, it's basically our duty to share it with others. So if we're going to be educating our children, we have to share what we know with them without a doubt. But then I think even more importantly is letting them know that the reason that we're doing that is to benefit them and in the hopes that they will continue to do what it is that they can do to benefit others. And and as I said at the at the at the end of the blog, you know, it's all about love. It's all about love. And Wadada certainly uh exemplified that exemplifies that still through his music and the fact that he also was a was a college instructor for uh you know quite a few years gives credence to the fact that you know not only is he trying to liberate us and that's all of us <laughs> you know from the from the turmoils of this of this planet that we share you know but also to uh uh impose upon us you know, the fact that we, too, can participate in the liberation of each other. And uh, again, I think that's 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 so important. I talked about how um, I you know, I, I, I understand because I've, I've heard it a number of times that education is the key. Uh, and indeed it is. And what we do with it, I think, is 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 the 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 main objective. Um, and the the title education not necessarily the key to an unlocked door you know it just it just speaks of how uh, the door is 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 open y'all there's, there's no need for it to be unlocked you know education or knowledge exists in the universe and 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 that's basically the place or the source that we're going to receive it from you listen to Wadada talked about how he took a lemon and made it a, 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 a you know a, a compositional process you know just the idea of that lemon you know and and there's so many things in nature so many things in this universe that are available f for us to take hold of and to create something f from it and hopefully hopefully that would be for the purpose of as i said liberating ourselves and others from the things that we're faced with on an everyday uh, uh basis you know and so as we look at 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 what it is about this key you know this 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 education i think we have to look a little bit further and understand that that the reason that we educate or seek to educate should be from a love you know a love for each other a love for the the the, the universe that we live in and and understand that all that we need to educate and be educated is available to us you know and and you know and it's not it's not a, a lack of it anywhere you know what i mean it's an abundance of knowledge to be uh received by us and the, and the purpose being as i said a number of times already you know of of, of benefiting one another uh, i talked about uh, our granddaughter leah and and how we understand how important it is to start at an early age uh educating our children and the most important uh, place that 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 starts is in the home. It's a lot of things going on today that kind of uh, um, uh, don't allow us to adequately educate our children because of the fact that we have to do other things that are, uh, for the time being, a lot more important. One of those things being providing, you know, for for the child, you know, and it's uh, it's something I I was. Uh, thinking about a uh, uh about i think it was about 10 yeah maybe about 10 years ago 
a young lady had a son that was like seven or eight years old. And what had happened is that he shot another little girl in his classroom, not in his classroom, but in his school, who was like five or six years old. And of course, automatically you hearing that you're like, what? How could you know, how could a mother allow this to happen? Well, the fact of the matter is this mother um, uh, had a job that was like, you know, an hour and a half away from where she lived. And uh, and what she had to do was to get up early in the morning in order to get to the job. Um, and so by the time that 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 this, her son was getting up to go to school, she was gone. You know what I mean? And when he got out of school, she wasn't present either because it took her a long time to get home. So consequently, she had she, while he was in school, she was not available. The person that was available was her brother who cared for the child while she was at work. And this brother uh, was a was a was a drug dealer, you know, and his clientele were people that were in the criminal in the criminal in the criminal world. And so there was access to all kinds of things for this young boy. And consequently, what he felt that because he had been hurt by this girl and probably from watching, you know, movies, television, being exposed to different things that show you how to resolve problems. The the method he chose was to was to shoot her. And he did, you know, and and, and I could go on and on about, uh, you know, the, the 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 seriousness of that situation. But it's not something that's uncommon. You know, so many times, so many mothers and, 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 and fathers and grandparents and other caretakers, you know, are doing the best they can with what they have. And a lot of times they're not able to facilitate uh, an education for their child. So they leave it up to others to do so, you know, and and be that as it may, it doesn't allow uh, uh, the, the the child to fully develop into what it is that we're looking for and that being to be of service and benefit to to his fellow man you know or woman and so when we look at that we begin to understand that the importance of 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 educating has to start early on because we 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 can just garner from the information I gave you that that child was seven at that time he's 17 now what are the chances of him you know uh beneficially com contributing to his community you know or to maybe to his family because he might have a family by now you know that kind of thing you know and as I said it's not something rare it happens all the time but it stresses the importance of the presence you know, of of someone who can who can educate that child at an early age. And so we, we you know, we got this granddaughter and, and her mother, ourselves, the other grandparents are all looking at how important it is to give her the love, you know, the love that 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 that's needed because that little boy needed love as well. He wasn't getting that love, evidently, you know, and so they, they need that love and the, and, and the process of loving itself you know, just the process of loving another entails giving them of ourselves and of the knowledge that we have and of the things that we're aware of that will enable them to be safe and 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 contributing to the welfare of themselves and others as well. And so that's such a, a very important aspect of education, understanding that it starts at home. And that is the is the is the foundation for that education, you know, making sure that that child is loved 
on a on a daily basis you know and then and then after that you know we we you know we they 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 are Montessori schools which I think are very you know very important for preschool kids you know the school that we we visited I, I mean her concept that reading was not as important now that it should not be tackled until after kindergarten was important as well because her main objective was to be sure that the that the children were able to socially interact which I think is is of utmost importance to be sure you know and then you 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 get your child in a in a in a uh, a preschool you know if you can you know and 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 hopefully that love will be present in that preschool as well you know because if the person that is is caring for that child during that particular time is loves the children you know then the education is going to be like a a a secondary uh, not secondary but 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 something that's not that doesn't have to be purposed you know is just going to come you know from the love that that that's given to the child uh and then we go to the you know to to, to primary school you know to, to to grammar school elementary school as they call it the same thing is in effect you know do 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 the do the teachers you know love teaching children you know what i mean do the administrators love facilitating opportunities for the teachers to teach you know and 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 again that is such an important part of it and, you know, not trying to put a damper on things, but the fact of the matter is, it's not really going on in our schools, you know, because the, 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 the young lady that, that ran the, the, uh, the preschool talked about how in Long Beach, and I'm sure it's all over the world, the focus is on the academic aspect of education. And, you know, we got all these tests that, that gauge how intelligent a child is and whether or not they're going to be successful in life, you know, and is that really a true gauge? You know, is that really, you know, stemming from the love that you have for a child because as far as as I'm concerned loving a child is understanding that that child is not like any other child you know I mean we all are are human beings and we all have the same uh, basic characteristics but the fact of the matter is we don't learn the same way you know what I mean we don't learn as fast as another might learn you know we don't have uh, uh, the capability to do some things in in a method that another can do it in you know but the fact of the matter is we all have talent we all have skills. We all can be educated. And it's a matter of 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 of, of looking at, at, at each child, you know, and loving each child in terms of what it is that they are and what it is that they have, as opposed to comparing them to other children whose test scores might be higher, you know. And so and so that idea would, I think, be uh, something that needs to be considered in, in administ- not in administrating, but but uh, creating these tests. You know, they should be reflective of each individual's child's talent, you know, not necessarily how well they do some standardized uh, uh, objective, how, how, how well they carry out a standardized objective. Because the fact of the matter is, and looking at those tests from a psychological perspective, I'm sure is mostly about, you know, how well can you follow directions? You know, how well can you follow directions? And if you can follow directions well, then you, 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 you're a good student. If you can't, then you're a poor student. And I don't think that's a correct gauge or a, a, a loving gauge. You know, and so we, 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 we look at that, we consider that and, and, take, in, and take into uh, account the fact that these are some factors that need to be addressed. They need to be addressed. And then we, you know, we go to high school. And as I said in the blog, you know, at, at, from my memory anyway, you know, I was uh, I was hot and bothered in high school. You know, uh, you know, I, I had reached puberty. My hormones were raging and, you know, and, and the girls were looking pretty. I was noticing how pretty the girls were looking at that point, you know.
and 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 I'm sure the girls were were, were looking at the boys and you know from the same perspective you know and that kind of uh, uh, hampered our our purpose for being there which is to learn you know but we want to learn about each other later for these books you know and of course a lot of us were, were were successful you know were able to get out of high school you know with no problems and that kind of thing but a lot of us were waylaid because of uh you know some things that weren't being addressed and then with love you know understanding that perspective you know we you know we at some point had uh health classes where they talked a little bit about 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 sex you know but the fact of the matter is, if that's something that we know, we know at the beginning that it's going to happen, you know, is a very important uh, aspect of our human behavior. It needs to be addressed, you know, with the same uh, fervency that the kids are going to address it. You know what I mean? And so that, again, that's an aspect that we have to take into account when we look at, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to study, but they're being distracted. How do we address that situation? You know, and I think that's a very, very important part of the process of educating your children, making sure that they're receiving the love that's needed to guide them in the right right direction and to let them know or to facilitate an opportunity for them to find out that right now this should be your your, your prerogative you know this should be uh, the thing that you're focused on this should be a priority you know what you can learn from each other and then afterwards you know after this you know once you're able to 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 uh, do the things that need to be done so that that knowledge can be garnered by you in the in the, with the intent of using it for the benefit of others you know and that and that interacting socially will come you know it's gonna come and so how do we facilitate that maybe we can have something going on in school you know during the school hour you know where that can be uh, addressed you know what I mean in a, in, a, in a positive manner you know because as I said once you get into college then you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do in that arena that social arena you know and for myself personally uh, you know my, my focus was on uh, uh, social interaction. I was about having a good time in school, you know, and, 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 and by the grace of God, I got through it, you know, but, but it was about, you know, staying up, you know, uh, two nights before the finals, you know, and cramming and, 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 and taking no dose and those kinds of things, you know, so that I could pass the test that was going to be given to me a couple of days later, you know, but again, in loving our children, you know, the administrators, the, 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 the professors, you know, the, the, the dorm people, the people who head the dorms, you know, get together and figure out a way that we can address that situation. You know, that we can address how to how to mesh the social interaction with the academic aspect of education, because both of them are, are a, a, a means of, of garnering information and, 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 and knowledge. You know, because I think the two go together, you know, how you feel about your, yourself and others, you know, is going to be reflected in how you interact with them, you know, but to not have enough knowledge in terms of how we can benefit beneficially interact with each other, you know, is not uh, is not going to work. It's not going to help us to accomplish what it is that we're seeking to accomplish. And so we, you know, we go through these these things, you know, at home in, in the beginning, you know, in, in preschool, if we go to preschool, in, in, in elementary school, in high school, in college, you know, and then we get to the point where now it's time to take all this knowledge that we've gained and use it to to interact with others primarily, but to have knowledge of others and of ourselves so that we can maximally interact. 
you know, because the purpose of, of us going through this process of being educated is for the benefit of ourselves and others so that we can all exist amicably on this planet. And so, um, again, it's knowledge. Knowledge is, is, is the key, but the door is already open. You know what I mean? <laughs> Education is the key, but the door is already open, you know, and, 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 and that door is, is, is the love, you know, that all of us have. You know, all of us have it. And it's just a matter of figuring out how to to uh, to give it to each other. You know, and I want to, you know, just go back to that to that child that I was talking about that 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 whose uh, whose mother uh, wasn't able to be present, you know. And 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 the thing is, how could that I mean, just looking at that, how could that have been addressed? Because, as I said, that's something that's happening all the time. You know, so so let's all of us, you know, just at least give it some thought, you know, think about what it is that we can do to contribute to the well-being of those who might be less fortunate than ourselves and unable to do the things that that we're able to do and then look at ourselves and ask ourselves are we we doing as much as we can you know and and and, and as i said it was just such a a, a segue by by Wadada to to bring us to this point uh, of the blog and i just think that it is so important what he said and that's one should be more reflective should become more reflective and meditative regarding their higher self and endeavor to solve some of the hard problems facing the world. And that, my friends, is our charge. And uh, I so appreciate you guys uh, giving me an opportunity to talk to you about this situation we all find ourselves in, trying to educate ourselves and one another. And uh, uh, I hope you're going to stay tuned for Serendipitous Love for Film, uh, which uh, Tona is going to bring to us from 5 to 6 p.m., uh, again, I thank you guys for listening, and as always, in parting, I'll holler.